The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded September 20th, 2022. Enjoy! Welcome to the October edition of Life in the Tax Lane. For Halloween, we have our fourth member of the team, Harry. Harry, Harry the Spider. Congratulations, Harry, for being here today. How are you doing, Hugh? Well, we got Halloween looked after. We never have an issue with Thanksgiving because turkeys are always in ready supply at Life in the Tax Lane. So uh, what do you say we talk some tax, Joe? All right. Well, here we go. Uh, so the first thing that I wanted to mention is the government just released mid-September uh, sort of a prong, a three-pronged approach to making life more affordable. $4.5 billion price tag on this, up from about the $1.5 billion price tag it was originally announced at. Um, looking at really three areas, one of them is uh, doubling the GST, HST credit, or GST credit for basically half of the year. Looking at what you get in half a year, paying that out as a single lump sum amount. Uh, also, starting the Canada Dental Benefit Program for kids. So you got those kids under age 12, you got family income below $90,000, you're going to get a certain amount, mm -hmm. up to potentially $650. Um, and that one, by the way, would start October 1st, 2022. And the final one, $500 Canada Housing Benefit to top up. So if you're a low-income earner earning less than $20,000, up to $500 towards your rental bill. So a lot of these really low-income targeted uh, sort of spending and I got to say, to me, the big thing here is, you know, this might not relate to you, but it might relate to kids who are just starting off in, in life, um, who are low income. They got to file those returns mm -hmm. in order to get all these different types of benefits. Kate, you? You know, Joe, the other thing I'm thinking with respect to the rental amount, you're going to have to, or it's proposed that you have to provide information in respect of your landlord, where you're renting. You got to know as a landlord, if you have a low income client in your basement suite or whatever, your information is going to be going to the CRA for the administration of this program. So indirectly, it could impact you. I hope you're reporting your income. There we go. What's next on the agenda, gang? Well, it's interesting as well that the GST one's easy. Just mail checks out to the people who are already getting checks. Mm -hmm. The other two are going to be a lot like the CERB and the CRB. Put your <laughs> attestation up because we know no one will make errors on how to calculate their adjusted net income not realize they need receipts for the kids' dental bills if yeah. CRA comes to call. Because we did this with CERB and CRB, and there were no problems at all mm -hmm. if you're a judge who was worried about his ongoing job security. Because we're sure <laughs> seeing a lot of court cases where the individual thought they were eligible, and now that they're chatting with CRA, CRA disagrees. Uh, if you really want things to go wrong, though, have a look at the court case we saw last month uh, on the phone with CRA. This fellow who had been spending some time in the hospital uh, was asked, well, you know, you adjusted your return in June after this was announced to show that in 2019 you had enough income to qualify for CERB. Maybe give us your bank statement so we can see that. So he did. And they looked at the bank statements and thought, well, this doesn't tie into your numbers. Can you can you connect the dots for us and show us what's what? Well, apparently things didn't work out so well. The CRA's documentation says the fellow got angry, started calling CRA agent names, insulting him, eventually called him a stupid civil servant and hung up. Well, guess what? The conclusion was, you didn't support the numbers. Guess we get that money back. 
Now we're in front of the court for a judicial review. Based on the information CRA had, was it reasonable for them to conclude he didn't qualify? And the judge said, well, if you didn't give him the information to back up your numbers, it's pretty reasonable to conclude the numbers weren't backed up and you don't qualify. So it's never a great idea to tick off the person on the other end of the line, but when they have the power that CRA has, you're going to end up in court even if you win. That's not a win. You know, Hugh, you, you mentioned CRA has a lot of power in their administrative policy. And I got to bring up a court case with, that we saw this month that really contrasted CRA's admin policy as to how something should work and contrasted it to what the courts thought uh, the way something should work. And we're talking about tips out there. So one thing we all know is that tips are taxable. But beyond that, and that would be tips to the server at the restaurant, that kind of thing. The one area where we do have questions arising relates to whether tips need to go on the T4, whether as an employer you need to withhold income tax on it. Are those tips pensionable, subject to CPP? Are they subject to EI? Well, administratively, CRA says if the employer controls or has influence of the tip over the tip, yes, pensionable, insurable, T4, income tax withholdings. If they do not have control and it's considered to be a direct tip from the customer to the server, then there's no CPP or EI that the pay or that the pardon me employer has to deal with. Well, this month we had the Federal Court of Appeal, which basically said, CRA, no, 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 back the bus up. The test is not whether the tips that the servers are getting are controlled or direct. We need to look at whether the employer paid the employee the amount. If they paid the amount in respect of their employment, then it's pensionable, then it's an insurable. And the court actually went way back to a 1986 Supreme Court ruling and basically said, paid, that concept of paid, it can be interpreted very broadly. The mere fact that a tip hits the credit card, the debit machine when you buy a hamburger, and then subsequently the next day, the employer distributes a portion of that tip to the server, that's sufficient to constitute payment to the employee. And yes, that was found to be insurable and pensionable. So you got to take a look at this court case, especially if you have clients in the service industry. There's a few ands or buts and hair with respect to this court case, hopefully not in the burger. Um, but it was a really fascinating court case to dig through. If you are in this industry, remember, however, that CRA's administrative policy as of shoot date is still published online. And it's still that existing policy on control and direct tips. But the courts are saying it's deeper than that. You got to look at who paid the amount. All right. Well, let's hope that there's not a lot of hair in the hamburgers going forward. <laughs> let's uh, move on to the next topic. Hair stays on Harry. There you go. Or perhaps you can just wear like a Halloween hairnet like this. That would work out fairly well as well. Anyways, uh, corporate tax, personal service business. Mm. So this is the thing. If you are basically required to incorporate to provide work services to another third party, you and if you would otherwise be considered an employee, you're going to have to pay a lot higher tax rate on it, a lot of negative consequences. We talked about that a couple months ago, but there's been a project which has now started. Letters are going out and we see these letters going 
going out in industries where they would generally hire people that are PSB, personal service businesses like, um, and they're asking for a lot of information about the people they hire and pay uh, out. And this project was supposed to be voluntary, but there is not really any ind indication on these letters that it is voluntary. In fact, they quote legislation saying you're required to give us this information. So mm. uh, we'll see where this project goes. It, you know, it might end up in, in, in assessments. They say it won't, but who knows where it will go from here. Mm. Kate, you? If well, they're really not asking the person they should assess to provide the information. Mm -hmm. The payer of the person, yeah, Kate? Yeah. If you want more information, we're going to link the explanatory webpage to the show notes. So you can see Sierra's at least comments right now that it should be voluntary if you are running up against um, that letter in your practice. All right. Well, that takes well, us far. Yeah. Little, a little you. change for our friends at CRA is the new T2054 for capital dividend elections. And uh, what do we see there? Well, a lot more data to fill in. Are they actually looking for more information? A lot of it just says, since the last time you elected or since the last year end we processed, depending on the component, tell us what's happened since. So I think that's more geared to Someday we want to be able to file these electronically and we're going to have to collect all this data. But holy cow, are they asking for a lot if you had life insurance in the corporation that generated capital dividend? Mm -hmm. Or uh, the one that I think some people were surprised with, tell us all the shareholders who are getting this dividend and why don't you give us their identification numbers so we can track that through. Mm -hmm. A lot of us were really thrilled to see, oh, click this link and go online and we'll tell you how to e-file this. I clicked the link, I went online, it didn't tell me how to e-file this. And I know CPA Canada has posed that question to CRA that uh, did we maybe jump the gun a little on putting that on the document, but we knew they were aiming to allow for electronic filing at some point. Now, one final thing here is if you have any clients that are U.S. citizens, just watch out. There's a big penalty case there about FBAR filings. Do you get a $10,000 penalty for every account you forget to disclose or perform? We'll see. The Supreme Court will tell us soon. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian accounting professionals with practical tax information for over 40 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and pre-recorded seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more information, go to videotax.com. The preceding information is for general information purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive, and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts or circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more information, go to videotax.com slash disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News, Inc. 2022. All rights reserved.